Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Well, the concluding exhortations. Yes, we are finally there. We're finally there. Hebrews 13, the final chapter. We're concluding the final verses of this chapter. And we thank you so much for sticking with us, for being a part. As we looked at uh, Hebrews 13, 1, this is the concluding remarks. This is the tips of what to look at, the cliff notes of this chapter. It says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. This is what we are being called to do. And in Hebrews 13, 13, let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore, the disgrace Jesus bore, the sacrifice that he made, being on the cross. Go to him. It's not in your comfort zone. It's not in what you've always known. It's not in what you thought it's right, but it's him who had to suffer, who had to take on our sin, our shame, our pain, our guilt, so that we could be free, that we could be forgiven, that we could be healed. Go to him outside of the camp. And for here, we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Looking for the city that is to come. And by that we say, from Matthew 6.10, commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, we ask, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we say, let your kingdom come, your will be done on Vermont, on Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We say, Jesus, let your will be done here as it is in heaven. God, let your will be done on me, on yourself, on your spouse, your family, your job as it is in heaven. This is what we desire of God, that his will would be accomplished now as it is in heaven. This is a hope that we have, that we can go to him, we can know him, and know his love for us. Because in verse 15, it says, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Through Jesus, through Jesus, as we're hidden with Christ in God, it's only through him that we can continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of praise to God. I've read this before. We've sung this before. A sacrifice of praise, that does not really go together. A praise is a good report. It's thanksgiving. It's what you're grateful for. It's a gratitude, but a sacrifice. Well, yes, because in this moment or over the past year, several years, maybe you've had something that you had to endure that you were not happy about, you were not grateful for, but you can still sacrifice that to give praise to God. I think of Justin Ingalls, who I mentioned earlier that I had the opportunity to interview. His father passed away three years ago. We left in a safety deposit box a note for him for whoever discovered it to continue his legacy, which Justin thought, well, I need to do this. This is something good that I feel God wants me to be a part of that God's called me to do. And then he experienced tragedy two years ago. His six-year-old grandson was hit on a crosswalk three steps from the sidewalk of his kindergarten. Tragedy. And then last year, his son in his early 30s took his own life. And 
A sacrifice of praise is what Justin Ingalls continues to offer up. It is hard to give praise, but it's an acknowledgement of God's truth, of God's forgiveness, of God's freedom, of God's healing. I choose in this. It will be a sacrifice when I could have a pity party, when I could feel bad, when I could mourn, when I could grieve. You grieve through giving praise to God. You grieve in the middle of knowing that God is there holding your head. He's a lifter of your head. His arms of love are wrapped around you. We give that sacrifice of praise when it is a sacrifice. It does not come easily when we are bound to something demoralizing. When we choose to offer to God that we are grateful for him, for his son, his sacrifice, his love, this is the concluding exhortation because life is not easy. This is what the writer of Hebrews is calling us into. And we continue and do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices. God is pleased. Such sacrifices. God is pleased. Do not neglect to do good and share with others. We can get so selfish. We can get so motivated by on what we have. I'm not saying that you empty your bank account and give to someone. I'm not saying that you sacrifice your only way of transportation and give to someone, unless God calls you to do that. But I'm saying that we can do more than just give physical, material items. We can do good and share with others. We can intercede. We can pray. We can fast without them even knowing. You don't have to say, hey, I'm fasting and praying for you, but you go to that prayer closet. You can go to where it is unknown, but only to God that you are praying and interceding. That As God speaks to you, you are writing cards, giving notes, and it's not so that you can be seen, but so God can be seen in your life as we are hidden with Christ and God. Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And sometimes... It's on the good days, some days it's on the bad days. It's a physical reminder that we put our trust in God. We sacrifice our time, our penmanship to write a note, a card, something that will encourage someone else. We do this because we want to encourage one another. Do not forget to do good and to share with others. Having confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. But do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that uh, would be of no benefit to you. Do I have it here? No, I'm the wrong one. I'm sorry. This is from the English Standard Version. Keeping watch over your souls. This is those in authority that are trying to keep watch over the, your souls. Have confidence in them, but pray for them, intercede for them. You can bring to them things that you find are inconsistent. And that happens probably frequently to me where somebody will send me an email or post a message or send me a text and say, Jeff, I have a question about how you could do this or how you could think this or what did you mean by, because in my interpretation, in my research, in my thought, this is what I've found. And so as iron sharpens iron, we can urge and encourage one another but there is a responsibility of a pastor, of a leader, of someone that they have a burden that we must give account for. I, as a pastor, your pastor, need to give account on how I led you, what we brought to your attention. Did we skip verses in the Bible? Did we apply scripture in the right way? And we just want to encourage you to do so. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden for 
that would be of no benefit to you. And it is a joy for me to be your pastor. It is a joy for me to be able to share God's word with you. It is a joy for me to be able to golf with you and to share laughs and to go out to eat and to smile and to go to funerals and counseling sessions and hospital visits. It is a joy for me to be with you. As we keep watch over your soul, it is a joy because we do this for the sake of his kingdom, not building our own castle. Vulnerability without accountability can lead to or can become a pity party. Vulnerability without accountability can lead to or become a pity party. We do not want this to happen as we are vulnerable, as we share. We want to have others hold us accountable. We don't want just a cheerleader, but we want a coach. I hope it's your desire as it is mine that I have somebody to coach me to help me, to develop me, not just to pat me on the back and say, hey, everybody struggles with that or that's okay or you're just having an off day, but to say that we are with you and though you struggle, there will be a time that we can overcome, that we can grow, that we can endure, that we can overcome because our victory is in who Jesus is. As we continue to look and conclude Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, 18, we find these words, pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. Pray for us. The writer of Hebrews, as I've mentioned several times, it's unknown. We aren't sure who it is, but it applies. Scripture applies to us. And I would say, pray for us as you have and as we're grateful for. Pray for us. Pray for Kenny and myself. Pray for the LAC, Stacy and Dennis and Jaron and Liesl. Pray for Missy as she helps with the children's ministry and my mom and Tim Horton as they help facilitate life groups. Pray for us. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience that desire to live honorably in every way. Sometimes, well, sometimes I read kind of fast. And so I was reading, pray for us. And then I read, desire to live horribly in every way. And it's like, whoa, I need to slow down and take my time that we read Desire to live honorably, honorably, not horribly, but desire to live honorably in every way. Pray for us that we would live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Restored to you soon. What does this mean? Uh, in the English Standard Version, it says earnestly do so. Earnestly do so. Restored to you soon. <clears throat> well, Perhaps taking it out of context, I would say restored to you soon means gathering together again, meeting together in a space where we can celebrate the truth of Jesus. Next week at 930, we're going to have our all-family softball game and cookout. We're going to meet at Hope Davy Memorial Park, Maple Street, Waterbury Center. We're going to have our in-person worship gathering at 930 and then the all-family softball game and cookout following. Restored to you soon. I would love it. would be awesome. It'd be remarkable. It'd be so encouraging to see us all gathered together, restored to one another soon, that we can encourage each other by saying that we are for you, that we love Jesus, that we are holding you accountable, that we are praying for you, that we are interceding for you, that we are bringing the lost. We're bringing those that question about Christianity, that question about God's love. We're bringing them to you, to us, that they might know that Jesus is real because we are his hands and feet. We are the love that he says to be, and we share that with others. Restore it to you soon that you might experience his goodness and his truth. 
Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. And we have that same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that brought Jesus from the grave, the same power that has Jesus seated on the throne with his feet up interceding up on our behalf. We have that great peace. The God of peace is saying that I do not come to you in judgment, but I come to you with peace because my son gave his life to forgive you embrace him accept him change your life because of him be restored and renewed because you are hidden with christ in god to equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through jesus christ to whom be glory forever and ever amen remember the bible was not written in chapters and verses it was written in paragraphs and sentences or sentences and paragraphs and he wants to equip us in everything to do good to do good to equip you with everything good for doing his will but that means that we need to sacrifice our own desires our own wants our own agendas our own view of success to submit and surrender to who jesus is that's how he equips us to do everything that is good for his will. Colossians 3.3, we do this only because for you died once and your life is now hidden with Christ in God because you died. Physically, we will die, but spiritually, we need to die so that we are hidden with Christ in God. Die, surrender, give up what you want so that you can have all of who Jesus is is and finally as we conclude brothers and sisters i urge you to bear with my word of ex uh, exhortation for in fact i have written to you quite briefly this makes me smile quite briefly it's taken us several weeks several months 13 chapters i've written you quite briefly but it says brothers and sisters i urge you to bear with my word of exhortation exhorting is sometimes uh, not received well. It's saying, this is how it needs to be. This is how you will grow. This is how, uh, what it takes to get better. This is what God is requiring of us. This is the word of exhortation that you need, the word of exhortation that you need. Sometimes we want a pat on the back. We want a cheerleader, but God is saying that he will coach us. He will give to us what we need. We need to simply follow him Follow as Jesus walks so that that exhortation, it is received well because he gives it with great grace that we might have peace, not to make us uncomfortable. You will be uncomfortable, but God does not just want to agitate you. God wants to bring you to wholeness, to maturity. And this is what we find in this scripture. As we continue, I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Greet your leaders and the Lord's people. So whether it's a different pastor who's been sick or someone else of the Christian faith that is going through a difficult time, we don't need to look at the distinctives and say, oh, I don't know if I can greet them. I don't know if I can spend time with them, but we can rejoice in knowing that they follow Jesus, the one that died to pay to our sin, the one that gives us life and is alive now that we might be free. We can join with one another and say, greetings. We are excited to be a part of the family of God. We are excited 
to be with you. And as we conclude, Hebrews 13, 25 says, grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. Grace is greater than the law. Grace is better than the law. Grace is what Hebrews speaks of, that we move on from the elementary teachings about Christ and may be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and a faith in God. God wants us to move on from the elementary teachings. We can move on from the ABC. So it would be saying capital T, lowercase h, lowercase e, lowercase r, lowercase e, lowercase f, lowercase o, lowercase r, lowercase e, space, lowercase l, lowercase e, lowercase t, space, lowercase u, lowercase s, space. God wants us to be able to read. Therefore, let us move on from the elementary teachings of the ABCs. Matthew 15:11 we find these words what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them we're moving on from the elementary teachings of the ceremonial laws from the rituals the traditions we need to know what they stand for what they mean and mark it says nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them rather it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. It's how you live. It's how you talk. It's how you interact with others. It's how you judge, how you lift up, how you reach out, how you show and display who Jesus is that matters. It's not the elementary teachings of follow this, do that. It's how can I live in such a way that people see God because I choose to be hidden with Christ in him. I choose to be hidden with Christ in God. Grace be with you all. Grace be with you all. It's what you don't deserve, you get. You don't deserve it, but God says you get it. It's available to you. Will you receive his forgiveness? Will you receive his love? Will you receive his healing? Will you become immature? as his dearly loved child and be comfortable and content being hidden with Christ and God. That is our true and only real victory. So God says, grace be with you all. As I conclude this letter, as I conclude this book, as I conclude this sermon series, as we conclude this writing, it's not following the rules and the law, but it's following Jesus and his grace is being hidden with Christ and God. So Jesus, we thank you for your grace. Let us continually learn and surrender ourselves confidently and boldly to your will that we would choose to follow you, not just to say we believe, to, but to actually take the steps to follow you and your grace to know that we can obey, that we can follow, not because we are doing the right thing, but because of your grace. We are hidden with you and your Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. And it's your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And for those watching or listening, you have opportunity where you are right now 
Maybe you're listening after, maybe you're listening live, maybe you're on a riding lawnmower or push mower, or maybe you're going to some visit, maybe you have a hospital visit appointment, a doctor's appointment that you're concerned about, and you just want to know that God is for you no matter what the outcome. I encourage you to lift your hand today to do something on the outside that resonates with what's going on in the inside. And you say, Jesus, I choose your grace that it is with me and I will follow you. Jesus, let that be our prayer. We thank you for being with us, that your presence is always there. May we choose you in all things. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.